November 7, 2006, a United Airlines ramp worker watched the planes whiz overhead at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. Around 4 p.m., he glanced at the overcast sky and noticed an unfamiliar object hovering over gate C-17. It looked like a dark gray disk about 22 feet in diameter, and it flew directly beneath the cloud cover at 1,900 feet. That meant it was soaring at a height about twice as high as the top of the Eiffel Tower. And unlike the other planes flying in and out of O'Hare, this aircraft was silent. The United Airlines employee rushed to alert his co-workers. But as soon as he told them about the object, he saw the disc accelerate into the sky. On its way up, it punched a hole through the clouds. The alarmed airline employee wasn't the only witness to see the flying saucer. But the numerous airport personnel and travelers couldn't explain what they'd seen. All they knew was that this disc was an unidentified flying object. And to this day, the sighting at O'Hare remains one of the closest encounters we may have ever had with aliens. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This is our first and only episode on the aliens at O'Hare Airport. On November 7th, 2006, multiple witnesses saw a strange object hover over gate C-17. Then it zoomed into the clouds. This episode, we're exploring everything we know about the UFO sighting, from a possible government cover-up to the baffling details revealed in a subsequent investigation, the sighting at O'Hare still begs many questions. The flying saucer may have been an optical illusion caused by weather conditions, or perhaps it was evidence of extraterrestrial life. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? 
Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. On November 7, 2006, a ramp worker reportedly spotted a UFO flying over gate C-17 at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. And he wasn't the only one. A United Airlines manager overheard a conversation about a disc in the sky. The concerned manager left his office to look for it and reportedly spotted the flying saucer. Around the same time, across Concourse C, two pilots glanced out their cockpit windows. One claimed he saw a dirty aluminum-colored object, quote, without any optical distortions, end quote. At roughly 4.30 p.m., approximately half an hour after the first sighting, a United Airlines controller reached out to a supervisor from the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA. This is the government agency that oversees civil aviation safety. The controller asked the FAA supervisor if the disc was visible from O'Hare's air tower. From his vantage point on the spire, the FAA supervisor could see up to 1,800 feet in the air. But he didn't spot anything out of the ordinary. However, by 4.47 p.m., multiple airline professionals, including pilots, ramp workers, mechanics, and management officials, claimed that they'd spotted the disc. Not only that, it had hurtled through the sky, leaving a hole in the 8,000-foot-thick cloud layer that loomed above the concourse. The FAA supervisor notified other pilots to beware. They didn't know what the object was or whether it posed some kind of threat. The supervisor maintained that no one from the air tower had seen a disk in the sky, but he still advised pilots to be cautious and to use the specific term UFO. As we've mentioned before on this show, the phrase UFO, or unidentified flying object, refers to any aerial phenomenon that hasn't been identified. It doesn't necessarily mean an extraterrestrial spaceship. It could be a drone, an airplane, a bird, or a weapon. Which meant the supervisor had to file a report, even though he didn't believe there were really aliens at O'Hare. Since air traffic controllers had no visual record of the disk and the radar at the air tower hadn't detected any foreign objects, United Airlines and the FAA declined to launch a formal investigation. But that didn't stop the Chicago Tribune's Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, John Hilkovich, from digging into the incident. Hilkovich was a transportation reporter who wrote the newspaper's Getting Around column. He was at his desk in the newsroom when he got a call from a contact at the National UFO Reporting Center. The caller told Hilkovich everything that had happened at the airport. Hilkovich thought the tip was a stretch. As a transportation reporter, he didn't cover paranormal phenomena. But the more he heard about the O'Hare sighting, the more interested he was in getting to the bottom of the story. After the call, Hilkovich tracked down and interviewed witnesses. They described the dark gray disc-shaped aircraft and the hole it made in the clouds. Some airline employees told Hilkovich that they'd been interviewed by higher-ups at United. The officials had instructed the witnesses to write about and draw pictures of the UFO. For reasons that were never shared, United also discouraged its employees from publicly discussing the sighting. In fact, The witnesses only agreed to speak with Hilkovich on the condition of anonymity. 
Even so, a number of experienced airline professionals claim to have seen the disk. The observers were all familiar with aircraft, and they all believed that whatever they saw in the sky was some kind of vehicle. This convinced Hilkovich that the sighting was unlikely to be a hoax. So he reached out to United Airlines and the FAA for comment. Both denied any knowledge of the UFO sighting at O'Hare. Hilkovich pressed the FAA harder for more intel. When that didn't work, he filed a Freedom of Information Act request to obtain any relevant records the agency may have been hiding. Faced with legal pressure, the FAA suddenly became a lot more forthcoming. A spokesman told Hilkovich that she had records of a call placed that day at 4.30 p.m. A United Airlines supervisor had asked an FAA manager about the UFO. The documentation proved the agency was lying when they said that they had no knowledge of the November 7th incident. But the FAA insisted that it was not covering anything up. Their spokesperson suggested that witnesses had seen a, quote, weather phenomenon. They argued that the combination of a low cloud ceiling and airport lights likely created an illusion that witnesses interpreted as a flying saucer. But that wasn't Hilkovich's conclusion when he published his story nearly two months later, on January 1st, 2007. He dutifully reported the FAA's stance at the end of the article, after speculating about extraterrestrial visitors and including several fantastic quotes from eyewitnesses. His piece was the most read story on the Chicago Tribune's website for the next four days. In less than a week, the article clocked over one million page views from all over the world. One reader who only identified herself as Ms. J.H. came forward to share that she too had seen the disc on November 7th. The afternoon of the sighting, Ms. J.H. was driving to O'Hare to catch a flight. As she approached the airport, she noticed an unfamiliar object in the sky over gate C-17. She immediately pulled over and watched the strange disk hover below the clouds. But even after Ms. J.H. came forward, United Airlines and the FAA still chose not to investigate further. Frustrated by the lack of action months after Hilkovich's story, the National Aviation Reporting Center on Anomalous Phenomena, or NARCAP, announced they'd review the case. NARCAP is a nonprofit organization and the primary investigative body for UFO sightings related to airports, pilots, and other aviation incidents. And their findings only bolstered the speculation that was already running rampant that the object over O'Hare Airport really had been an alien spaceship. Coming up, NARCAP's explosive conclusions. Robbing trains, rustling cattle. Pop culture usually depicts the Old West as an uncharted land with no rules. But how much of that is true? Now you can find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales in the Spotify original from ParCast, Wild Wild West. Every Thursday on Spotify, settle up to the saloon to hear about the American frontier's most ruthless outlaws and heroic gunslingers. 
Wild Wild West features a compilation of episodes from shows across ParCast Network and focuses on the legends that help shape American culture. From sharpshooters and explorers to family feuds and lost treasure, the West has a history more complex than you know. Don't be a yellow belly. Follow Wild Wild West free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back to the story. On November 7th, 2006, several witnesses saw an apparent flying disc at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Mysteriously, when it escaped into the sky, it reportedly left a hole in the cloud cover. The FAA suggested the hole was a natural occurrence. And in the years after the sighting, experts offered testimony to support their claim. Dr. Mark Hammergren, an astronomer at Chicago's Adler Planetarium, pointed to it as proof that witnesses had observed a natural weather phenomenon. Hammergren emphasized that clouds are made of water droplets or ice crystals. An object passing through the clouds, like one of the many jets flying in and out of O'Hare, would have made liquid water freeze and release a hazy disk of ice crystals. As those crystals descended, they would look like a hole punch through the clouds. But NARCAP wasn't confident in that explanation. If the hole was caused by a jet, then there should have been more gaps from the dozens of other flights passing through the cloud cover above O'Hare that afternoon. Which may be why, on July 24, 2007, NARCAP rejected the ice crystal explanation in their official 152-page report, They even offered counter-evidence to debunk the official story. First, NARCAP argued that the ramp lights on O'Hare's runways were off at the time of the sighting. This was contrary to the government's claim that the illumination had contributed to the optical illusion. In addition, they noted that the temperature was 53 degrees Fahrenheit when witnesses first spotted the disk. That was too warm for ice crystals to form. NARCAP also examined other natural weather phenomena that could have ripped the clouds open. The droplets within the cloud could have evaporated, or they may have clumped together into larger drops that would eventually fall as rain. But it didn't rain at O'Hare that day. This left evaporation, which only happens when something crashes into a cloud with an immense amount of power. For context, at the time of the sighting, the cloud cover at O'Hare spanned from 1,900 feet to 10,000 feet above ground. That means the hole was about 8,000 feet long. 
it would have taken approximately 100 megawatts of power to evaporate 8,000 feet worth of cloud within a second or two, which is how long witnesses said it took for the gap to appear. A 400,000-pound 747 flying at the speed of sound uses significantly less than 100 megawatts. No conventional airplane flying in or out of O'Hare had anywhere near enough power to evaporate a hole like the witnesses saw, which meant the gap probably wasn't caused by weather phenomena or jets taking off and landing. Of course, it's hard to draw any firm conclusions about the hole because the FAA officials in the air tower never confirmed that they saw it. Perhaps the gap didn't exist at all, and neither did the flying saucer so many witnesses allegedly spotted. But NARCAP had an explanation for that, too. Over the course of their investigation, they found a crucial design flaw at the lookout that blocked some of its air traffic controllers' views. According to the report, if an employee was at the edge of an O'Hare Tower window overlooking Concourse C, they would have had a maximum visibility of 1,800 feet above the ground. On November 7, 2006, the cloud cover lay at 1,900 feet, which meant an air traffic controller would not have been able to see the 100 feet of air right beneath the clouds, right where the disk allegedly was. In other words, the evidence suggested that some kind of unidentified vehicle really could have been at O'Hare that day. But NARCAP didn't feel comfortable speculating on what it was. They only said that it wasn't any kind of traditional aircraft or weather phenomenon that scientists had identified before. Which meant it was something totally new, or at least new to the people of Earth. The NARCAP report highlighted numerous similarities between historic UFO sightings and the eyewitness accounts from O'Hare. Take this report from an Army Air Force intelligence investigation. On July 10, 1947, at about 5 p.m., a witness in Newfoundland claimed to see a hovering disk in the sky. As it zoomed away, it apparently ripped a hole in the clouds. Thirty years later, on December 30, 1977, a woman in Warwickshire, England, saw a 20-foot oval object above her home. It lingered for approximately five minutes. According to her account in the British Flying Saucer Review, the object, quote, accelerated rapidly to a tremendous speed, leaving a hole in the sky where it had been hovering. And on December 6, 2002, in Ventura, California, two college professors marveled at a dark disk moving through the sky. It came to a stop for about five minutes before ascending out of sight. They, too, noted that it disturbed the clouds around it. The sightings in Newfoundland, Warwickshire, and California all occurred under different weather conditions, but they all shared some commonalities with the O'Hare sighting. Each featured a flying saucer-like object that made a hole in the clouds when it accelerated into the sky. NARCAP didn't come right out and say that any of these saucers were alien spaceships. They allowed that some sightings, including the ones at O'Hare, could have been an unconventional aircraft, like a top-secret stealth jet. Perhaps a domestic or foreign government had been testing an ultra-high-speed aircraft that could avoid radar detection. 
classified military vehicles have been mistaken for alien spaceships in the past. The Lockheed F-117 Nighthawk gained notoriety after one crashed into a desolate mountain outside of Bakersfield, California in 1986. The Air Force sealed off the crash site and declared it a, quote, national security area. But they couldn't hide all of the evidence of the wreck. Although there were no civilian witnesses to the accident, the collision triggered a brush fire. When local firefighters arrived at the scene, military personnel warned them not to speak of the incident. County officials received similar orders when they inquired about the crash. Today, we know the Air Force didn't want news of their stealth jets to leak while they were still in their testing phase. But at the time, the heightened security had all the hallmarks of an extraterrestrial cover-up, on par with a rumored crash in Roswell, New Mexico, four decades prior. Two years after the Nighthawk accident, the military finally ended the debate. In 1988, the Air Force confirmed that the crash had been a stealth jet, not a ship from outer space. However, historian Richard Dolan pointed out that the O'Hare saucer was unlikely to be a military aircraft. Chicago's O'Hare International Airport is one of the busiest hubs in the world. Government officials probably wouldn't have dispatched a secret plane at a low altitude above a heavily trafficked area, especially one filled with thousands of aviation professionals and passengers. But the sheer number of potential eyewitnesses raised a new question. Skeptics pointed out that if an alien ship actually had passed over a busy airport, someone should have captured a photo of it on their phone. UFO believers countered that smartphones were less common in 2006 than they are today. People didn't always have high-quality cameras on them all the time. And even if someone did manage to snap a photo of the phenomenon, the resulting image would have probably been low-resolution or blurry because of the disk's speed. In spite of those problems, some photos of the UFO did come to light. The Chicago Tribune's John Hilkovich uncovered reports that a few witnesses may have snapped pictures on November 7, 2006. He hadn't heard about them earlier because the FAA and United allegedly buried the evidence. Coming up, the potential cover-up. Now back to the story. On November 7, 2006, numerous travelers and airline employees saw something punched through the cloud cover at O'Hare Airport. Corporate and government officials tried to explain it away as a weather phenomenon. But an RCAP report implied the UFO may have been an alien spaceship. In a massive hit article for the Chicago Tribune, John Hilkovich tried to dig deeper and get to the bottom of the mystery. Both United Airlines and the FAA allegedly tried to prevent him from investigating the O'Hare UFO sighting. Airline employees told him that their bosses had ordered them not to discuss any details about the incident. They also couldn't share any photos they may have taken. Since United is a private company and the FAA is a government agency, UFO historian Richard Dolan suggested that each organization had its own motivations for a possible cover-up. Dolan suggested that United Airlines was embarrassed. They were a large corporation with planes flying in and out of one of the busiest airports in the world. 
so they probably didn't want to admit that they had no idea what their employees had seen. Especially because this could impact their bottom line. If nobody knew what the UFO was, they also didn't know whether it posed a security threat. And if United couldn't guarantee that their customers were safe, their stock price could plummet. This would mean losses for shareholders, especially the company's executives. However, as a government agency, the FAA didn't have to think about stock prices or investor confidence. They had strictly regulated resources. These were also limited, which may be why they had a policy not to investigate UFO sightings. The government delegates this responsibility to a private organization like the National UFO Reporting Center or to local law enforcement. Standard operating procedure dictated that the United Airlines employees should have reported the sighting to Chicago police. Since the airport contacted the FAA instead, there never was a thorough investigation. As recently as October 2020, United Airlines and the FAA refused to discuss the O'Hare UFO with reporters. In an interview with the New York Post, a United spokesperson said, quote, We don't have anything to share on this one. When the Post asked the FAA for information, they added, quote, the controllers in the tower at O'Hare reported no unknown aircraft, and nothing unusual was detected on radar. No further investigation was conducted. But the Post had access to FAA logs and radio communications referencing a flying disc over gate C-17. In light of all this documentation, it was odd that they'd claim nothing had happened. But when the New York Post reporters asked for clarification, the FAA declined to comment further. Their hesitancy to look into possible extraterrestrial sightings reflected the American government's historically skeptical attitude toward UFOs. This was especially apparent in Project Blue Book, which we've discussed previously on this show. From 1947 to 1969, the U.S. Air Force reported over 12,000 UFO sightings to Project Blue Book. That's an average of 1.5 incidents per day over the course of 22 years. Despite their frequency, the Air Force ultimately decided to halt the investigations. They concluded that the UFOs didn't pose a national security threat, defy scientific knowledge, or indicate that aliens were real. But outside the United States, other nations took the phenomena more seriously. Britain's Ministry of Defense and France's National Center for Space Studies both probed UFO incidents for decades, long after Project Blue Book shuttered. Nick Pope, a former official with the British Ministry of Defense's UFO investigations, criticized the American government for its blasé approach to aerial phenomena. In an op-ed for the New York Times, he called on the U.S. Air Force or NASA to relaunch their investigations. Pope argued that the U.S. was susceptible to security threats from UFOs. Until they could be identified, nobody could know for sure if they were weapons, spycraft, or if they posed some other danger. Even if they were extraterrestrial in origin, this could also have international implications. The United States' premier geopolitical rival, China, had already built the world's largest radio dish to intercept messages from outer space. 
nicknamed Eye of Heaven, the 500-meter Aperture Spherical Radio Telescope, also known as FAST, was 1,640 feet in diameter. That's the equivalent of about four and a half football fields. Eventually, the United States got on the same page as the rest of the world and chose to take UFO sightings more seriously. On June 25, 2021, the American government released a report on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAP. UAP and UFO are interchangeable terms. American officials adopted UAP to avoid the stigma associated with the phrase UFOs. Like we discussed last time, the Pentagon's report did not confirm the existence of aliens, but it did note that 143 UAP incidents could not be explained. This included testimony from Navy pilots who'd filmed mysterious aerial phenomena in 2014 and 2015. The unidentified objects moved quickly and with incredible agility. The vessels seemed superior to any military vehicle the public knew of. Reports like this led the Pentagon dossier to conclude, quote, UAP clearly pose a safety of flight issue and may pose a challenge to U.S. national security. Politicians from both sides of the aisle responded by calling for more investigations into UFOs. As of this recording, it's too early to say whether another inquiry will actually happen or what conclusions they'll reach. Which means we may never know whether aliens flew over O'Hare Airport. But it seems that the sighting, and others like it, have pushed the government to study unidentified aerial phenomena. Perhaps someday soon, we'll have a clearer understanding of what happened on November 7, 2006. In the meantime, we'll keep our eyes to the skies and our minds open. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. For more information on aliens at O'Hare Airport, amongst the many sources we used, we found the History Channel's UFO Hunters episode, Aliens Spotted at Chicago Airport, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Ben Hanani with writing assistance by Connor Sampson and Angela Jorgensen, fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein, and research by Chelsea Wood. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Hey, partners, it's Carter from Parcast. You've probably heard stories about outlaw Jesse James, sharpshooter Annie Oakley, and the horrors of the Donner Party. But how much of what you've heard is actually true? Find out on my new series, Wild Wild West, where I head out on the frontier to find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales. 
Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Wild Wild West, every Thursday, free, and only on Spotify. Spotify.